Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to another week. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to If I Didn't Laugh, I'd Cry. Somebody's been praying. Somebody's been praying for me. Or maybe it's just my mom. I've got a praying mom. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm not 100%, but I'm better than I was last week, honestly. Yo, last week, I slept in the lounge, I would say, for most of my week weekend I was in this lounge with the window wide open the door open do you know how weird it is to sleep with the door open when you're used to sleep of sleeping with the door closed right and I I don't believe in these things but (laughs) but let's be honest ever since most of us were younger we believe in monsters under the bed you know what I mean especially in the dark you get what I'm saying so with the door open it's like Guys, I know there was one right outside my door just going, is she she teasing me or what? Am I meant to step in? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But it just felt really, really weird. It feels really exposed to sleeping with the door open, but I had to do it. And that was the only way that I could sleep and actually keep myself from suffocating. I was suffocating. Nasal drops on my friend here. Here I go again. Yeah, with TMI, I'll stop there. Um, Today's episode, it's just me. Listen, I'm just going to be up front. I'm just going to come clean. I'm just going to come clean. The admin, the admin of getting a guest. When you're not feeling too good, when you've done a complete 180 on, on your show, I don't know, I think it's a little bit, yeah. It's intimidating for me anyway to approach people in the first place. But yeah, it's a lot of admin. I think I'm just giving it a little break at the moment. Of course, I'm going to have guests again. Of course, I'm going to have a guest for you guys on here. You know what I'm saying? I love having guests. But for now, I'm not I'm not putting too much pressure on myself to get guests um, or to have guests. And I think I've run out of friends. How many episodes did I give you a lot with guests? 
consistently. <laughs> right, so give me a give me a chance. We'll get back to it and we'll have the guest episodes and they're gonna be so fire. It's gonna be fire. Sometimes I think I'm an American person. It's gonna be fire. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> Cringe. Anyway, so today I've got some questions back on Reddit and you know, these questions are very interesting. So we're going to spend a little time in Genesis, if not all our time in Genesis, but let's see how the show goes. But this week, as I'm like, you know, doing my thing, I had a, sh- a thought in the shower, a shower thought. You know, shower thoughts are deep. How long is a hug meant to be when you're hugging somebody? How long is it meant to be? Right? I, when I'm hugging Olivia, it can be as long as it needs to be. You know what I mean? And it's okay. I'm comfortable in that space. But when you're hugging somebody, you don't usually hug. How long is it meant to be? And this thought came to me because there was somebody at work, a lady at work, and she was leaving. Um, And the last time I saw her, I said, you know, I I wish you the best of luck. Um, Can I, do you want a hug? Shall we hug it out? You know? And she was like, yeah, I'd love a hug. So I went in. And we hugged. And after about, I I didn't count, but it felt like after about 10 seconds or so. Let me just count now. No, about five seconds or so. I was ready to, to, to pass from this cuddle. You know what I mean? But then she kind of like cuddled me even more. And then I had to put my arms around her again. And then I was the one now who seemed like I didn't want to let go. And she was ready to let go. It's... Guys, I'm so confused. This is a legit question. How long is it meant to last? Like, what is the hugging etiquette? Because I can hug for two seconds and I'm okay. But some people love it long. Okay? I need to know the answers because I feel like I always want to part earlier than other people want to part. And then I have to bring my arms back in and I need need somebody to tell me how long. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So whilst I wait for everybody to flood me with answers, lol. <laughs> let's get the show started. I'll be honest, I don't have anything to rant about. Nothing to rant about. Like, am I changing? Am I turning over a new leaf? Is this new year, new me? Nothing to rant about. We'll see. Listen, as the show goes on, we'll see. Yeah, something always uh, grinds my gears at some point. Hey, but let's get into the embarrassing if I didn't laugh I'll cry story. I do not know if this is embarrassing or just really, really cringe, but I will tell you it. You know what I mean? I was dating this other guy, Mormon Jr. And whilst dating Mormon Jr., um, <laughs> This is like telling on myself, but it's happened. It's in the past. It's a lifetime ago. But whilst dating Robert Jr., um, his dad was like, no, bro, no girls upstairs like you two are not allowed to be upstairs. You know, they're Mormons. <laughs> Me and obviously us being kids, us being teenagers, we didn't exactly listen to these rules that our parents had put in place. I did it more open, openly. I might like, listen, I'm going to be completely honest. My boyfriends or Mormon Junior was never allowed upstairs, but I did it openly whereby I did invite him upstairs or just leave the door open. But I had a TV in my room and Sky in my room. Okay. 
had satellite television in my room, okay? So I had an excuse. And I had um, a Wii in my room. So there was a good excuse, okay? And we left room for the Holy Spirit, that being my little brother, because he always used to come in and chill with us and play games with us. So, you know, kept it cute, kept it kosher. But Mormon Junior liked to sneak me in, yeah? Like the danger. So one time... One time, he sneaks me in. And when I went in, it was actually like there was no one really home. So it was a safe entrance. Yeah, it was a safe entry. But as the day carried on, and I used to be trapped in the bedroom. Trapped. Uh, and this guy was a gamer. Okay? okay? I don't even know why I used to go around. I'm just going to be completely frank and open. I don't know why this relationship was so... Like, I was obsessed with it because all he ever used to do was play games. I just used to go sneak in a nap. <laughs> so the day is going, the day is going and the house is filling up. Um, but then usually there was a window for me to sneak back downstairs and, you know, sneak out and go home. Not this time. This time it's like everybody wanted to hang about, hang around on the bottom of the stairs. Well, that's how it sounded anyway. So I'm like, I need to go home. I need to go home. It's getting so late. I need to go home. Otherwise, I'm going to get in big trouble, you know. And he was like, well, I don't know how else we can get you downstairs. He went downstairs to scout the area and what was going on. Yes, there was no way for me to leave without being seen. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. So obviously, we've watched enough films, right? We tied some bed sheets together. And he convinced me it's going to be fine. He said it's going to be absolutely fine. You, I'm going to lower you down from the window. I was upstairs and he said he will lower me down. Guys. <laughs> whoa i lived life on the edge wow for love you know for love you know so he ties his sheets together and he's all like okay cool i'm gonna start lowering you down i i didn't go to the gym at the time so where's the upper body strength please you understand what i'm saying so i'm hanging on and i'm being lowered down and then his room was above the um the like downstairs um, you know that back doors, but it's like, like they're like glass doors. So there's no wall there, it's just glass. So you can't even use the wall to like do what they're doing, like Mission Impossible. <laughs> like, you, you're, like you've gone rock climbing when you're coming down, you kind of like bounce on the wall and you bounce and you get down. You couldn't even do that. Literally all about the upper body strength all my days. Uh, so as I'm like being lowered down, I don't know what happened, but the rest of the way, I basically, yeah, I basically dropped down. No time to think and collect my thoughts. Yeah, because I've just basically made so much noise and people are going to start investigating. I had to run and hide all my days. That was the last time I said no more. My guy, no more. <laughs> But I was so, I was really embarrassed with him, actually, because I thought, how are we doing this? You know, when you've got the thought and you know you're making the wrong decisions, but somehow it's like snowballing. You're in it now. This was a relationship. This was how the relationship was going. And, you know, when you're just not, I don't know, you don't have the mind to like detach from it. 
and to actually let it go, even though this relationship is screaming for you to do better. Yeah, this was this relationship. And you know what? I was reading on the internet when um, somebody was um, recounting an embarrassing story of theirs. This was on the internet. This was on Instagram. Um when I had it and somebody was recounting a, uh, an embarrassing story and people in the comments were like, this would go with me to the grave. I would never tell this embarrassing story. It's not every day. Why are you even opening your mouth? Da, da, da. And I thought to myself, what is the people like to say that they want, they will take these embarrassing stories to the grave. Let somebody learn from you. You know what I mean? I don't actually say these things so we can just do kiki gaka, even though they're a lot of it funny, but learn from this, fam. Well, some of them are just wholeheartedly embarrassing. You know what I mean? Well, uh, yeah, let's laugh at my expense. But some of these, it's like, learn from it. Listen, I learned from this. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't. I carried on dating him. Carried on dating him. <laughs> he made me jump off the roof one time. Listen, that's a story for another day. <laughs> Let's get into these questions. Okay, so question number one. The first question that I thought was really interesting says, in a fundamentalist reading, we can say that the Bible states that creation, the universe, the world, everything was done in 144 hours. That is six days of 24 hours each. Certainly hardly anyone in science hold this, holds this view as scientists claim that the creation is a, is billions of years old, why do so many Christians still defend the young earth and creation in six days? Well, I found this question really interesting because I thought to myself, I wonder if this individual has actually ever read the Bible. Because the Bible doesn't claim that God created um, the universe and the world in six days, it, it states that it created earth in six days. So just for anybody who's never read Genesis 1, I will read it, all of it. Um, and then we can discuss, you know what I mean? So it says Genesis 1 verse 1 onwards, it says the history of creation. And this is just a summary of everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the earth was already created in the beginning. The heavens were created and God created the earth. Now this is when it gets interesting and when it really matters to us. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the, the light day and the darkness he called night. So this is just subject to earth, not the universe, not the world. This is just subject to earth. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Again, only subject to earth this is. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, 
and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw, saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs that yield seed, and the, the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Now, this is interesting. Let me just give, let me just pause right there. We're on verse 11. Let me pause right there. Now, God is obviously has got infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, infinite um, creativity. The language that's used, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. He is basically creating multiples all at once. He's creating multiple things all at once in its kind. That was done all at the same time. Okay. I think what happens is a lot of people, we tend to limit God to what we can do. How long it would take us to create something. And then we go, oh, no, that would take a long, long time for us to do that. So I, I just don't buy it. Anyway, verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind. So everything, every variation of its kind was created right there and then and the tree that yields fruit whose seed in its is in itself according to its kind and god saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the third day so this is day three of creation then god said let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so then God made two great lights, the great light, the greater lights to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. On the fourth day, God basically placed the sun where it is and the moon where it is. And he said, these two... They're going to be working together. One is going to rule the day. One is going to rule the night. But this is exactly what we've seen. You know, if if this earth was created billions of years ago by the Big Bang, right? This is what's been the case. But if we read creation and we read what it says in creation, that's what God put in place. And guess what we use to measure everything? <laughs> the sun and the moon. So... Yeah, but maybe God stole the idea from the Big Bang, who knows? <laughs> now nah, I'm just kidding. God is God. Then God said, let the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the first face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Everything that we see procreates. I didn't even know chickens do it. <laughs> that makes me blush to say, but I didn't even know. I had no clue. Everything does it. Have you seen slugs mating or what's, um, what's it called? These uh, snails mating. Have you seen it? 
but every living creature mates. Honestly, like it's a law of nature. And it's really, really interesting that the rules and the laws of nature, a male and a female, mate and they create babies. Whether that's laying of the eggs or whether that's being pregnant, it just happens. Here it is. It's in the Bible. It says... Okay, so we're in the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts on the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on its on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So he wasn't everything that you can dream of he said let me make cattle but according to its kind so you've got the the um what do we call it the bull or bison them kind of things there you get me so you got the really domesticated ones and you get the wild ones but the variation of it this is what's going on in the bible you know and you know what? I'm going to be completely frank and honest. This is what makes sense to me. The Big Bang doesn't make any sense. That we came from fish, then evolved to monkeys, <laughs> then evolved to Neanderthals, and then evolved to what we are now. Some of, one, of, one of these stories sounds more suspicious than the other. Okay? Okay, we're in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life i have given every green herb for food and it was so then god saw everything that he had made and indeed it was good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day ah <sighs> isn't that what we see Every single thing I've just read, isn't that what we see? Literally. Literally. Isn't that what we see and experience? Have you seen the phenomenon? I know that um, there's a circle of life and, you know, humans, we're scared of lions. Have you seen the phenomenon of, um, let's say, a human running towards a predator, right? Or you know, be showing much more aggression towards the predator and the predator gets scared. <laughs> we got dominion over them. The thing is, um, it's tough to believe that the world or earth, in fact, was created in six days. But this question says, in a fundamentalist reading, we can say that the Bible states that creation, the universe, the world, everything was done in 144 hours. That is six days of 24 hours each. Well, first of all, this question it's wrong. It's wrong because it doesn't state that he created the universe in six days. It said in the beginning. So at the beginning of everything, God had created the heavens and the earth. So 
where God dwells, the other worlds, the other planets, all these other things. He created those things and he created the earth. And he said the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the um, face of the deep. So earth, when it was created, when God created the heavens and the earth, there was nothingness on earth. Earth was here, but there was nothingness on it. And in the six days, God created things. You understand? He spoke it and it happened. How is that possible? Well, he's God. He doesn't need to sculpt it and craft it from anywhere else. He's God. I think to try and understand all of that is to try and understand God. And I always say God is God. To understand what it makes God and what is, you know, the genetic makeup of God and where God comes from, he will immediately cease to be God. He will be just like you and me. But with our small human thinking, we always try to pull God down to our human abilities. And then we conclude, oh, that's not possible. That can't be possible because humans, we, we takes us ages to even invent like a car or something. So how can God create earth in six days and everything we see therein in six days? But I've just read you everything that God created in six days. I believe in a six day creation, literally that it took six days. I think it could have probably even taken two hours if he really wanted it to but it didn't. Um, I think it was for a reason why he, he didn't take two hours and why he created it in six days because on the seventh day he rested. And yeah, anyway, anyway, let me just stick to the point that I'm making before I get too passionate about it. But literally everything that I've read to you, everything that happens on earth has always been what's happened on earth, right? Humans have always eaten food. We've always had this natural... Um, I would say attraction, a man and a woman has always had this natural attraction to each other. And that's the only way to have kids. Right. And obviously somebody's going to say, well, that's not the only way because you can have IVF, but you still need the men's stuff and the women's stuff to have kids, which means the way to have kids is by a man and a woman. Okay, so that's the point I'm trying to make here. If you've got further arguments, it's not for me. That quarrel is not for me. It's with it's for God. And that's the same with other, you know, natures is it takes a male this and a female that to create, to procreate. And that's exactly what we read in Genesis. So though it's unbelievable, but I do believe that God is unbelievable because he's infinite. He's got infinite amount of everything, infinite amount of power, infinite amount of wisdom, infinite amount of glory, infinite amount of creativity. Anything you can't do, he can do. Anything you can't even, your mind will probably snap if you were to think too hard about it. That won't happen with God. You know, the very fact that you can perceive a thought to go so far lets me know that you've got a creator. You understand what I'm saying here. So yeah, if this sounds too unbelievable and a structure of random things colliding and then creating this thing or the moon imploding on itself and coming out, I don't know. I don't understand the Big Bang personally, right? And I have read about it so many times and it still doesn't make any sense. You get me? It still doesn't make any sense. Um... I think this makes more sense. I think the six-day creation makes a lot of sense, right? And I think to deny that is to want to deny God, and that's okay.
but it doesn't make it less real. Adam and Eve. Somebody asked a question about Adam and Eve um, and the trees. So this question goes, Adam and Eve and the trees. I have a serious question about Genesis. How did Adam and Eve know right and wrong prior to eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Yes, God specifically told them they couldn't eat. They did it anyway. And this turns into the fall of man. But how is it possible of them knowing they were disobeying God prior to eating from a tree that informs them right from wrong? Or did they know they were disobeying? What action did they commit that was so severe that God punished all of mankind for it? No way God made two people who have no knowledge of what is right and wrong then punish them for disobeying when they don't know what it is. This is this obviously wasn't an actual tree or an actual fruit, but this was Satan and he bears bad fruit. He is a serpent. The tree of life was Jesus and Jesus started this and he bared good fruit. I am rethinking everything people have taught about Genesis because that way makes no sense. Please help before I drive myself mad. Listen, honey, sounds a little bit like you already drove yourself a little bit mad because yes, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think for it to make sense, let's just read. Let's just read, right, before I answer it. Let's just read. So God has created the heavens and the earth and he rests on the seventh day and he's happy with all the work that he's created and he's formed man in, in verse 7 in Genesis 2 and he's created man and that's Adam. And then starting from verse 8, um, and I'm going to read from verse 8 to verse 17 um this is life in god's garden okay the lord god planted a garden eastward in eden and there he put the man who he had formed and out of the ground the lord god made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight of um to the sight and good for food the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden so remember this was day um this was the third day that he had created the fruits and stuff like that. But then now it's just telling us about life in the garden before somebody's like, excuse me, excuse me. I thought he had already created all of that. So I was created. The Genesis 1 is a summary of everything that happened in the six day creation. Okay. Genesis 2. <laughs> this is telling us about life in the garden. Okay. So yeah. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, literal tree, you know, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon or Pishon. I don't know how you pronounce that. It is the one that skirts the whole land of Havilah and where there is gold. You can actually search these places and they will tell you where the present place is currently right and the gold of that land is good and you know these rivers were really real and the some of the rivers i'm gonna mention they still exist so <laughs> go figure um bellium bellium or delium i don't know how to pronounce it it's b-d-e-l-l-i-u-m but i'm gonna go with bellium and the onyx stone are there 
The name of the second river is Gihon or Gihon. It is the one that goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hiddekel. It is the one that goes towards east of Assyria. And the fourth river is, is the river Euphrates or Euphrates or whatever they want to call it. Euphrates. Um, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you will surely die now let's go back to the question okay because the question says god you know how could god do this basically you know it was it was like he knew that they they had they had no knowledge that right of right from wrong how could he expect them to basically obey this command you know well i'll put it like this i'll pose a question with a question right currently the current present life that we live right now somebody can know a little bit more than you yeah let me just give an example and i'll give several examples when you are getting a relationship your friends can usually see the red flags more than you can. And your friends go, you know what, babes, I don't think that person is right for you because this is what I've observed and it's a red flag. Now, in that moment, you can say, yo, I just don't think they're good for you. I think you can do better. Right. And I'm even lessening this because it's not even a command. In that moment, you're thinking to yourself, oh, mad, like my friend is telling me something. They'll obviously have seen something that I haven't seen. You get what I'm saying. And you are free to make a decision from that. Right. And you go ahead. You can either say, you know, what, I'm really not feeling this. Or you can say, nah, you're wrong. And then further down the line, it comes to light that your friend was right. And this person was giving off like red flags. And the, your friend was in fact, in, um, your friend was in fact correct in their observations. Okay, now let's take it back to the Garden of Eden. You understand? Now, you have just been created. You know this is your creator and your creator is saying you can eat everything. I've given you everything, but this one, don't do it. Right? And you were created with free will, with the idea to think, to reason. You understand? We were always created with the mindset of reason and logic and all these things there but this was a command don't do it you understand me now a command when somebody says don't do it if you do it there are consequences and what were the consequences for the day for in the day that you eat of it you will surely die that's the consequence it was a warning it was a command and it was a warning and there was consequences um you know, told to Adam about this. You get what I'm saying? And from that, the only thing to do is to obey because that's the right thing to do. So you do no wrong from right. You have just been told wrong from right. The wrong thing would be to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and the right thing would be to heed. You get what I'm saying? So what else did man need? in order to heed but let me just read you a little bit because the reason why sin came into the world wasn't because 
um, it was too hard not to eat of the fruit because, yeah, God created woman for man because he said it's not good for man to be alone. Now jump to now chapter three. And now it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, so now she's loitering. She's frolicking in the garden, having a good old time, just enjoying life. But she had the same command. She was told the same command. And I know this because of what I'm about to read. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat, you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave her husband with her and he ate. Okay, now let me expound this a little bit more. All right. And I think there are verses and commentary or Bible commentary that explains this scene a lot more than I probably will explain it. But. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The serpent catches the woman alone, yeah? <clears throat> frolicking, them, uh, frolicking amidst the garden. And he questions her. And you have to ask yourself, how did he know? How did the devil know that this is what God had said? You understand what I'm saying? But because these were the first people created, it probably didn't strike them as odd that there was a talking serpent. She probably didn't even question that because everything was quite new. You understand me. But how did he, the devil know that this was really what was discussed? Right? Cool. Tawanga, you know, how did they know? You know, they didn't know. They didn't have the knowledge of good and evil. So what would you expect? You know, what would you do? Okay. Let's read down a little bit. The woman responds, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Let's go back to what God said. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. I don't know. 
Did you guys hear anywhere where God said you shall not touch it, nor shall you touch it? I didn't. Did you hear anywhere where God said, lest you die? I didn't. I heard surely die and I heard eat it. I didn't hear anywhere about touch it. You understand me? So it means that the woman had their mind, had their, their, their freedom to formulate some of these things that she added and take, took away. So she had added, nor shall you touch it. That was her addition. That was her formulation. You know, that was her own mind that created that part. And lest you die, that was lessening the command. God said, you'll surely die. She said, ah, there's a risk of dying. You know, there's a possibility that you die. Something might happen. You understand me. Now, another reason why I'm saying they, they had the knowledge, they had the, 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 the instructions, they had the command. So they knew that it was right. I'm sorry, it was wrong right? Because the serpent, the serpent persisted and said, you will not surely die. And then he adds his own thing, you know, his own flavor, his own seasoning. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Again, this is a place for pause. I would be like, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Serpy. How do you know that? How do you know that? Because I didn't get told that, right? But then again, one might argue, well, they had no idea that this was a serpent. They had no idea. They didn't have the knowledge of good and evil. But let me tell you, let me read to you again why they had reason and they had objectivity. Because now the woman saw that the tree was good for food. All the trees were good for food. Because they were given all the trees to eat from and it was pleasant to the eyes. Of course it was. All the other trees were also pleasant to the eyes. Everything was made in its kind. And the tree desirable to make one wise. So that was something that came in her mind to be like, oh, mad, like, yo, 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 yo. So in the commentary that I've uh, read, um, it talks about this scene um, and how actually there were they were told, yo, there's, there's a devil that's loose. This, this is going to be, he can disguise himself as anything. And they were warned, they were pre-warned that you will get tempted. There will, some, there will be something that's going to come. Yeah, it's evil, it's coming. You just need to be prepared and don't separate, right? The reason why the serpent approached the woman is because she wasn't created first. Because God gave Adam the command. You know, and some people might be like, blasphemy. <laughs> but that's what we read. The man was created. Then he gave the man the command. The woman was nowhere to be found. How do I know this? Because if I go back to chapter two, that's when after verse 17, that's when God says, and the Lord said, it's not good for man that that man should be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. So actually Eve, the woman was created as a helper for Adam, but comparable to him. Don't get it twisted. People who want to be obnoxious and sexist. Kendra Tate, I'm talking to you. We were made to be equal, but the woman was made to be a helper he was she was made to to basically be a companion they were made to be equal to one another yeah so where she was helping him he was also going to be helping her naturally you get me right but the serpent approached the woman i wonder why 
and she ate first and he ate. And let me tell you something, when she ate, nothing happened. And it's only when he ate, that's when their eyes were opened and then they realized that they were naked. Okay. And I think we don't catch it when we read the story of creation and we read the story of the temptation and the fall of man. We don't catch that part. We don't catch the part that when the woman ate of the fruit, absolutely nothing happened. It's only after she gave it to her husband and he ate of it. That's when both their eyes were opened. God was still in the business of making him a helper comparable to him. So if he had decided that, yo, what have you done? Actually, I want a divorce. Actually, who knows where we could have gotten us. So back to the question. What action did they commit that was so severe that God punished all of mankind for it? We are all seeds of Adam and Eve. We all come from our first father and our first mother. Yes. Yes. We all come from the same parents. Okay. Right. And I wouldn't call it being punished for it as opposed to just the consequences of it. Right. I don't believe that we are being punished for it. As I think we're just living the consequences of disobedience. Right. And if we just take a minute to pause and think, right, do we obey God now? No, we've got this book, this word, these things that tells us the way in which we ought to live to please God and to obey God, our creator, by the way. And we go nah, too hard. If they, if that's a good loving God, then I don't know. Like, why would God want me to live unhappy? Well, at the end of the day, he's a creator. This is his creation. This is his world. These are his rules. But we'll get there one day. I'll explain the story of salvation one day and it will kind of make sense. I hope it does anyway, as it makes sense to me. But from based off of what I've just said and what I've just read, right, we've always had the freedom of choice. If we didn't have the freedom of choice, it wouldn't have been given to us. The command wouldn't have wouldn't have come. There wouldn't have been a tree of knowledge of good and evil. However, a war had broken out in heaven where um, Satan, the devil, accused God of not being just, of basically saying that we are all robots, right? No one has got their mind to think for themselves. You understand me? So humans were created as a neutral place, really. We're neutral people, we're neutral ground, whereby we could settle the argument. So God, knowing more than we know, puts a tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden, whereby temptation was going to come. And we had one job, and that's to resist temptation and to obey God's word, God's instructions, God's command. Okay? And we failed. And that was sad and disappointing for God. And then the, felt, the fall of man came about. And here we are. You understand me? But we've always had the freedom of choice to choose. In that moment, Eve could have said, nah, brother. You know what I mean? Brother, we've been told not to eat this. Yeah, for the day we eat of it, we'll surely die. Eve had the choice to say, in fact, let me go and get my man in it. Let me go and consult my husband. Let me go and bring him in from, the babe, come and see this. There's a talking serpent. She had all the knowledge, all the mind, like she could have. She could have done that, but she didn't do it. She was fixated on this fruit. 
and she was fixated on the idea that it was it could it was you know it looked good and it looked good for food and it was desirable to make one wise which means that the serpent got in her head of you know that you know, god knows that you're gonna be like him and she desired that clearly because she ate of the fruit and guess what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil all it does all it did was open our eyes to good and evil in terms of like in its entirety but the fact that something was there enticing this woman to eat something that god had commanded her not to eat was the knowledge of good and evil she already had it it was no brother like i'm not we can't eat this she had it but it was the twist, the twist, the seasoning that Satan added on there that, it, you know, you will be like God, knowing the knowledge of good and evil. That's what got her. That's what made her go, <laughs> give me some of that. So she ate of it. And here we are. You understand me. But I would implore everybody to stop looking at it as we're being punished for it. Right. Look at it as, okay, cool, it happened. We can't go back and undo anything that happened. But this is your opportunity to obey God's word, to obey God's will. Because there's one way it ends. If you don't obey, you will surely die. You understand me? You will surely die, not lest you die. You know, not there is a risk of you dying. You will surely die. And when I say that, that's the de definitive. The surely die is definitive. You understand me? So when I was, um, I think it was the, I don't know how many episodes back, but when I spoke about hell, hell being death, final death, that's the surely. It was decreed in the beginning that for the day they will eat of this, they will surely die. Yeah? that's hell and the the hell the eternal hell that the bible speaks of if i can just repeat that again is death that's it it's death and i'm saying that's it as if it's like a it's it's a minor you understand me you will burn according to your sins but you will not burn for eternity what kind of god would burn people for eternity and what kind of heaven would be enjoyable watching your loved ones who may not make it to heaven burn it was written in the beginning it was said in the beginning you will surely die that's definitive that's what hell is eternal death your life not meaning or counting for anything on this planet or the anxieties or the depression or the things that you experience through life the injustices you experience through life, but you keep pushing through, that will count for nothing because you have eternal death. That's it. Never again to resurrect. Never again to be remembered. You understand me? That's hell. Actually, when I think about it, I think, so, well, I'm in this little rat race, this nine to five, just doing life, crying, being being sad, people, you know, trespassing, transgressing against me you know dealing with nasty people and then it all counts for nothing nay I say I say that I think I want to be obedient to God and I think I want to go to heaven I think I want my life to have meant something I think I want to say I overcame and I endured you get what I'm saying because though it wasn't me who ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil 
right? I know that currently in my life, I do things, but I've got the knowledge of good and evil. Cool. We ate of the fruit. Now we've got the knowledge of good and evil, but I still make the wrong decisions. Now go figure. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Oh, I'm reminded of a kid, like a baby. When you say, when Olivia was growing up, I should be going to touch something hot. And I'd be like, no, baby, hot, hot, dangerous. And she would still be tempted to touch. And I'd be like, hot, dangerous. And then it came to a point where I said to myself, brother, just let her do it. And she'll do it and she'll touch it and she'll find out it was hot. I warned her. She could feel it whilst approaching that it was hot, but she still wanted to do it. Now, we've got that knowledge now, but we still make the wrong choices. We still give in to temptation. We still give in to sin. You understand me? So what more, Adam and Eve? You understand me? But they were in glory. They dwelt with glory. They were created for glory. They were told exactly what not to do and what the consequences would do, and they did it. Okay? Moving on, moving on, my friends. This is the last one I'm going to read. And this one, like, I was like, this one is very interesting. Yeah. I think all of them are interesting to me. But we're still in Genesis. And this one is about um, Lot and his daughters. Yeah, this question is about Lot and his daughters. Um, hi, all. I'm doing a Bible study plan where I read it throughout, where I read it through in a year. I have just read the part where Lot offers his daughters to the men that surrounded his house. Any idea why this is in our Bible? Also, why did the daughters take turns sleeping with their father? I know they said to preserve the bloodline through their father, but isn't incest a sin in the eyes of the Lord? I have also I have so many questions since taking it um, so seriously and often wonder why would God want us to know this stuff? So before I read the chapter... Oh, actually the verses, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but before I read it, why would God want us to know this stuff? Because they're human beings. Because these are human beings who were making human being decisions and we are human beings who need to learn from other human beings. This is a history book. The Bible is a supernatural history book. It's a legal document. It's everything. It's a book full of wisdom, but we kind of need to know these things. So we know what people were doing back in the day. And we know that some of the things that people do nowadays, we joke about about um, Alabama and hillbillies and how they practice incest and all these things. But come on, what's happening? What's happening here? You get what I'm saying? But I would say that in the Bible, like back in the day, how can I put this without, because this is not bib biblical what I'm saying. It's speculative. Um, we all come from the first father and mother. You understand me? So I think at some point it was all kosher because God had had um, kind of like willed it, but in a way where it wouldn't be so close like it is now, whereby we get, um, what's it called, extra chromosomes and things like that until there was enough people to now like a pyramid scheme <laughs> let me just say that i think in the beginning it started it had to become a pyramid scheme family um tree had to separate for it to really be sorry you can't do that anymore that's weird you understand me but that was god's plan 
not humans planned, but now it's human choices. There's so many people you can sleep with besides your sister and have kids with. So um, now, um, that's why I would say, that's why it's in the Bible for us to learn what they were doing. And the Bible, you know, I think I was having this conversation with one of my friends and it was like, oh, the Bible is an objective. And I think it is because it tells us these things. You understand? It tells us things that are quite objective that can make us go, why did God put that in there? Why isn't it just like godly stuff and just like all about heaven and all about these whimsical things? Because we know why the world is going to end because of the things that we do that are bad in God's eyes and we continue to do. Um, so now I'm going to read um, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah because that's the way it's talking about um, Lot and why Lot offered his daughters to these men. So this is uh, Genesis 19. I mean, Genesis 19. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Before I continue, these two angels had passed through by Abraham first to tell Abraham like, yo, we're going to go to Sodom and Gomorrah and we're going to go and destroy that city because they're exceedingly evil and wicked. And I've heard the outcry of Sodom and it's just going to be destroyed. And Abraham is now pleading, going, are you going to destroy the righteous of the wicked as well? You get me? Are you going to destroy the righteous of the wicked as well? And, you know, Abraham is now pleading with like, well, if you find this many, are you going to destroy it? And they go, no, we're not going to destroy it if we find as many as this. How about this many? Are you going to destroy it? No, if it's as many as this, it goes back down to 10. Suppose you find 10, you know, are you going to destroy it? And, you know, they're like, no, we're not going to destroy if there's at least 10. There was not 10. You know what I mean? There was just Lot and his family. So um, Lot meets these angels um, at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose and he met them and he bowed, him, his, um, he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet and you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Unleavened bread is bread made without yeast. Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. Yeah, this is Lot's house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out with us so we may know them carnally. Yeah, we may know them carnally. Yeah, we may get to know them on a lot of personal level if you get my drift. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do them as you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason you have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one has come in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. Now he will do worse with you. Now we would do worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hand and put Lot, pulled Lot into, his, into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they may become weary trying to find the door. I hope you understood what has just taken place. Yeah? 
the angels come into Sodom and Gomorrah because they've got a mission to come and destroy the city. These are the angels of God. The men of Sodom and Gomorrah want these men to come out. They want these men to themselves. They want to do, engage in some sexual activities with these men. You understand me? So they're saying, oh God, why are you hugging them all? Bring them out so we may know them carnally. We may do some stuff with them. You know what I mean? Stop keeping them all to yourself. And Lot knowing that these were angels of God, or maybe even not knowing, but Lot knowing that these were different, these were not men who are from Sodom and Gomorrah, says, no, like, yo, I'll give you my daughters. Yeah, they're virgins. I'll give you my daughters and you can have my daughters. Weird flex, I know. You understand, if my dad said that, I'd be like, dad, yeah, but this is the times that they were living in and they were very, very, very extremely religious people. So he knew, Lot knew that these were different kind of men. And the men were like, you know what? You are taking the mick out of us. Bring them out and we are also going to have our way with you as well. You know, we don't want your daughters. We want the men. You get me? This is where the term sodomy comes from. Right, and if you find the definition of sodomy and what sodomy means, it's having anal intercourse. Yeah, not my words, guys, not my words. Um, so that's what the men of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted with these angels was to have anal intercourse with them. You get me? Um, but they were they had no interest in the women, in Lot's daughters. They wanted the men, and because Lot was saying nah, 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 they said yo. We're going to have them and we're going to have you as well. Um, and then that's when the angels made these men blind so that they don't find the door. You know what I mean? They grew weary. Yeah, they grew, they grew tired because of this. And then what happens after this is that the city was destroyed the next day. Well, Lot and his family were told to leave. And he also had two son-in-laws. Okay, so... I would assume, because the the girls, his daughters were virgins, that they had not yet um, married and they were just engaged. But it says son-in-laws. And with these son-in-laws, he kind of like went to the son-in-laws and warned them, let's get out, and told them that this is what's going to happen. But the son-in-laws thought that he was joking. They thought that Lot was having a little laugh. So they said, no, nah, we'll stay here, thanks. And they were told not to turn back. And they left the city and that was as it was being destroyed, um, Lot's wife turned back and she turned into a pillar of salt. But then they proceeded. Lot and his daughters proceeded. They pressed forth and they went. So to answer the question, the question was, um, Lot offers his daughters to the men surrounded his house. Any idea why this is in the Bible is to show, um, is to demonstrate what was happening and to demonstrate that the men of Sodom and Gomorrah were not interested in women and this is what they were practicing and that's why the city was in the ex exceedingly wicked and that's why the city was destroyed now I know a lot of people are going to have an issue with what I'm saying because they'll be like excuse me how can you say that go and read your bibles it's in chapter 19 Genesis chapter 19 and you can read this story yourselves it's not my words you understand me. Your quarrel is not with me. It's with God. <laughs> okay. Um, now the second part of the question is why did the daughters take turns sleeping with their father? Good question. Let's go and read about it. Um, why they took turns sleeping with their father. Okay. 
So the story starts in uh, Genesis 19, um, verse 40. Genesis 19, verse 30. Then Lot went up to Zor and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were there with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zor. So actually, if you know Lot's history, Lot and Abraham used to travel with each other. They were living with each other and traveled together until their livestock got too they got so great. Abraham's livestock was so much. Lot's livestock was so much. So they said, you know what? You go and live somewhere else. I'll go and live somewhere else. Lot chose to go and live in Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's why he was living there. Now, when he was leaving, um, when he was leaving, Sodom and Gomorrah in chapter 19 the angels told him in, um, this is like verse 17 but I'm going to read a little bit the angels told him escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed then Lot said to them please no my lords indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight and you've increased your mercy which you're showing me by saving my life I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die and then he basically says let me escape to the city that is near so that city was Zor so he went out, he went to Zor, but then he was too shook. Yeah. So now this is what's happening in the verse 30. Then Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains because he was too shook. He, they told him to go to the mountains. He's like, no, guys, like, don't send me there. No, don't send me there. Something might, bad might happen. Then he went to where he wanted and he got too shook. Then he went to the mountains where he was told to go in the first place. You see how humans work. And his two, taught, his two daughters were with him, with him. For he was too afraid to dwell in Zor, the place which he wanted to go to. And he and his daughters dwelt in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man on earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. Yeah, the Bible is quite descriptive. <laughs> it's quite descriptive. Hey! <laughs> So the older daughter is feeling some kind of anxiety that they're not going to have any husbands or find anybody. Right. So she's plotting here. She says, come, let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Right. So they made their father drink wine that night and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make drink wine tonight also. And you go in and lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Then they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. Now we know the history of the Moabites as we read more and more of the Bible. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son, and he, she called his name Benami, Benami, he is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. Again, the Bible tells us the history of these two tribes. Um, so why the question? Back to the question. Back to the question. Why did the daughters take turns sleeping with their father? Because their older sister was anxious that they were never going to have kids because of the situation that they were in. Now, let me pose this question to you. And I'm not saying that it's right that they did this. They basically raped their dad. The Bible has just basically told us they got their father drunk and then they raped him. You get me? But let me pose this question to you. 
Do you sometimes experience a situation whereby you don't see the end of it? It's like, woe is me. It will never turn different. It will never change. This is going to be my situation forever. And you get yourself in a massive loop whereby you can't ever foresee yourself being out of this situation. That's what I can describe the older sister to be feeling. It's wrong. It's wrong that they did this to their father. 100%. But that's why she did it. She was feeling anxious. You know, the men that they had decided to stay in Sodom and Gomorrah for one reason or another, whatever that may be. They were loving the sea. It was lit. So they stayed there and they were destroyed. And then the sisters find themselves living in a cave with their dad with no man you know, no way to carry the lineage of the family because their mother had died, you know, and she turned into a pillar of salt. So in her logic and her reasoning was, well, we need to keep the family going, the, the, the bloodline going. So she did this and the sister, the younger sister, co-signed to this as well. Again, this is all after the knowledge of good and evil, eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. You understand me. So again, we'll go back to that question of does it make any sense that we can say that that's the only reason why we know right from wrong is because we ate that, because we seem to still be making the wrong decisions. If daughters can rape their dads and men can want to, you know, have intercourse with strangers who they've never met by force, come on, come on. So you know, that's why they did it. That's why she did it. Does it make it right? No, it doesn't. You understand me. But why is it in the Bible to, so that we know that these things were happening, to know that these things were happening, even though they're not right things to be happening? You understand me. So that we know when we hear these things that are still happening currently, it's not a shock. It's not a shock whatsoever because people have their reasons why they do things. Everybody has their reasons. Everybody has their logic behind the decisions that they make. And everybody has a choice and everybody makes a choice. That's what this is all about. It's a battle between good and evil. You get me? It's a battle between good and evil. And more times than anything, evil wins. We make the wrong decisions. We have been making the wrong decisions. Est Eden. Okay? And all we had to do was just heed God's command of don't do this. It's wrong. That's all we had to do. So here we are. Okay, but it's in the Bible because if it wasn't in the Bible and we didn't know this based off of the word of God and what God says and what God commands and what humans still choose to do, then we wouldn't have a guideline of things that humans have done in the past. You understand? We wouldn't have any history books of how they were living in the past. You get what I'm saying? So I hope this has been informative. I hope it's been quite a nice little journey, quite um, a discovery episode, just hearing about creation and, you know, the people of old and exactly how people work, you know. Look, go and live in the mountains. You're going to be safe there. No, like, don't send me there. Send me to this town. Okay, go. Oh, I'm too scared. Let me go back to the mountains. Come on. Humans, we're complex. But one thing that humans always want to do is do what we want to do. You know, we can have 
all the signs in the world. And I've seen so many memes and I've liked these memes and I laughed at these memes of like somebody saying, God, give me a sign. And then they get a sign and they're like, uh, no, God, give me another sign. And you get the sign that you're looking for. You know what I mean? You get it with flashing lights and you're still like, are you sure though? Like, is that the sign? You want to do what you want to do. Let's just be honest. The reason why people don't want to believe in God is because he comes with some rules and people don't want to adhere to those rules. You know, he comes with some things that convict our, the, our way of living, our lifestyles, and we don't want that. We don't want to give up our lifestyles. We want to conclude, this is who I am. This is what I like. I can't change it. The rules are too hard. The goalpost is too, I don't know. I can't, I can't do it, right? So we conclude that God is evil and God isn't just because we want to live the way we want to live. And God is saying, cool, live the way you want to live. Do it. You understand me. But that's your choice. The woman in the garden made a choice. Her husband made a choice. Lot's wife made a choice. Lot's son-in-laws made a choice. Lot's daughters made a choice. None of these choices had anything to do with God controlling them or pulling the strings or telling them that you know you're making the wrong choice don't do it don't do it don't do it he told them something he left them to it they made the choice that's the same with now we all have a choice we all have choices to make to either tell the truth or tell a lie we all make a choice to eat healthy or eat junk food choice do I go to uni that might further my career or do I start working choice? Some choices can seem very trivial, but then when you see the trajectory of, you know, your life and how your life is going, et cetera, et cetera, you start revisiting. Did I make them? Maybe I should have gone to uni. Maybe I should have done that. Choice. And when you think about, you know, could I have made a different choice? When you think about that because you think maybe it could have been benefited me to make a different choice. What are you going to do about that? You know, let me leave it there, friends. <laughs> let me leave it there because it's going to be a three hour ceremony if I carry on. You know what I'm saying? But I really hope you've enjoyed this. I really hope that we're all learning something. As usual, you can send your questions at if I didn't laugh, I'd cry at gmail.com or Tawonga with three A's at gmail.com. Right? Don't jump out of windows thinking that you're a mission impossible tying ropes together, please. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because, you know, you will, you will potentially hurt yourself. And the quote I have for you today. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a quote, but I've been saying it a lot in this episode. Right? It's all a choice. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I'm sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.